Moon Podcast Escalation! everyone my name is jordan d white my name is chris sims and this is sailor business it's the podcast where we sit down with a friend and watch the classic 1990s sailor moon anime and talk about why it is that we love it so much it has led me to get a tattoo which has in turn led me to get my second tattoo which i did not have the last time we recorded uh what'd you get i got the uh the chair leg the broken chair leg from the tully blanchard magnum ta uh, steel cage match from uh, starcade 85 Okay, I don't know what that is. No, it's fine. Like, it is a tattoo that is on a very visible part of my body. It's on my right forearm, and I feel like I will be explaining it to people for the rest of my life, but that's fine, because I like talking about the Tully Blanchard Magnum TA Steel Cage match from 1985. Um, um, hey, let me, I have a question about it. What are people going to mistake it for before they ask you about it? Uh, probably a Dracula thing, because it is a, like, pointy shard of wood. Okay. Yeah. You like him, too. I, I do like him, too. That has uh, nothing to do with what we're doing today, though. That's just a that's just quick life update for everybody. Life business. The business of life. That's called yeah. capitalism, baby. Oh, boo. I, I agree. Boo. Burn it all down. Uh, Jordan. Yes. Today we're going to be watching episode 171 of Sailor Moon. No, no. I always do it. Of Sailor Stars. Well, here's the thing. No, I think you were technically right. It is 171 of Sailor Moon. It's episode like four or five of Sailor Stars. I guess five. But but they don't count it from the beginning of Sailor Stars. They count it from the beginning of Sailor Moon. So I think you're totally justified in calling it 171 of Sailor Moon. Well, thank you. But yes, that is what we are watching. It is called For Love, The Endless Battle in the Dark World. And to help us talk about that, we have... Uh, a person who's been waiting very patiently for us to stop talking, and that is Kel McDonald. Hi, everyone. Kel, welcome back to the show. How are you? Yeah. Good. Welcome back. I can say welcome back because I am sure you have been on the show before now. Yes, I oh, have yeah. been on the show. Uh, so, Kel, how you doing? Doing all right. Uh, just uh, <laughs> finished a book. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. I finished a book that I kickstarted in March. Uh, I spent all day prepping PDF files to send to Kickstarter backers. Oh. Congrats. <sighs> yeah. Are you are you happy to be uh, be done with it? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of like, I promised it to my backers by the end of June. And so I was sort of like crunch time the past week. <laughs> so I'm sort of exhausted. Yeah. Well, you actually delivered. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Kel, do you have any Sailor Moon developments in your life lately since the last time we talked? I do not have a tattoo yet, but I just got a tattoo design commissioned that I'm going to get that is Sailor Moon related. Ooh. It is, uh, I'll put a link in our chat for you guys to look at. It's oh, a bunch nice of nerdy piece. objects put together to make sort of a little crest. Oh, look at that. Uh, Carla Speed McNeil designed it for me. Oh, that is super cool. Okay. I'm trying to think how many of these I recognize. I, uh, I got... Four, I think. Three, I think. I've got three as well. I assume they're the same three. Yeah, probably so. 
the upper left looks really familiar. Okay, so there's Sailor Jupiter's transformation wand. Check. Right. The Sailor, uh, uh, the Slayer axe that's at the end of Buffy. Yeah. The BPRD Check. logo. Check. The boomerang is Sokka's boomerang from Last Airbender. Okay, ah, no, that's, yeah, what okay. that's why it looked familiar. Yes. And then the badge in the middle is the watch badge from um, Discworld. Um, oh, and okay. the flower design is also from Discworld because uh, they have a holiday that's everyone wears a lilac, um, which is sort of their Memorial Day. So that's the whole design. That's super cool. That's yeah. really well done. Uh, do you uh, do, like? Do you know how big it's going to be and where you're going to put it? Uh, I'm thinking about my shoulder, so I can show it off. Originally, I was going to get it on my uh, shoulder blade, but um, yeah, so like my upper arm, cool, probably okay. my left arm, so I can still draw while it heals. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it looks really cool. It's. It, yeah. I don't think you would have too much of a problem. Well, uh, well, yours would be a lot bigger than the one I got on my shoulder. The one I got on my shoulder is relatively small. Yeah, so. The one on my forearm's fairly large. So yeah, so I'll have that sooner or later. That's awesome. That's really cool. Jordan, you gotta you gotta get on that, buddy. Um yeah, I think I'm gonna pass. Look, that's you you do what you feel you have to do. Okay. But I mean, just know that <laughs> that I won't think you're cool anymore. Oh man. And my other Sailor Moon update is that I got those fancy editions of the manga. They're they're <gasps> glittery. Ooh. Yeah, they what are they called? The cosmic edition or something like that? Or yeah, eternal, eternal, eternal edition. Yeah, they got some glittery covers. They're all the um watercolors are printed in color are color inserts. Uh it's on super nice paper. And what are they like? Three books in one, something like that? No, so these are just um they're like a book and a half. Oh really? They just totally regroup the the story. They, so it doesn't fit well, with any like other the editions. Stories end where, like at the end of a story in the current volumes. It's no, just no. like, do we have two hundred pages? Cool. I know, but if you've got like you, you can't mix and match. Is what I'm saying. Like you have to be like, I'm gonna either get all of this volume or all of that. That's brilliant. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. I've I have I think I've said this on the show before. I have genuinely considered like doing a giveaway and giving away my set of Sailor Moon manga so that I have an excuse to go buy this new set of Sailor Moon manga. Well, but I have not done so yet. You know what? I might give away my set once I have the complete of these Eternal editions. Well, if you do, let us know and we will pass that along to our listeners. I have a, uh, a Sailor Moon development. Do you have a Sailor Moon development, Jordan? Uh, I do not. What What is yours? Uh, mine is very simple. Uh, I have been uh, watching uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil lately, which is a show I think we've talked about a little bit before. I, I love uh, that show. Yeah, in the later seasons, it, it really goes full Sailor Moon in a way that I think uh, people would really enjoy seeing. Like, she even gets a... Uh, I mean, spoiler warning, if you haven't watched it, but she does at one point get like a uh, eternal Sailor Moon form, mm-hmm. uh, which is like very clearly inspired by Sailor Moon in a very cool way. Like with the wings and everything? Yeah, it's got the wings and everything. Um, so it's real good. Even has lumbar wings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the double wings? Because uh, her wings are like butterfly wings. Oh, yeah, she's a butterfly. Um, her, la- her last name is Butterfly, so. Gotcha. I mean, honestly, the Sailor Moon wings are kind of like, what if you tried to make butterfly wings out of 
bird wings. You know what I think? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think mm-hmm. the second set of, like, the lower set of wings is because she's an angel. And, like, classically, an- angels are not the uh, angels we know. <laughs> as You know, like, like angel from the X-Men. Like, just a dude with wings. There's a reason why they say be not afraid when they show up. Yeah, like, the, classically, there's all sorts of, like, weird angel forms, like giant wheels that are covered in eyes and... Like, a mm. lot of depictions of angels, like, as they are described in early apocryphal texts, they have, like, three sets of wings, and so you get, like, a lot of lower back wings. That's weird. Yeah. Like, I think that's why Sailor Moon has, has wings like that, because she's an angel. But, but, but she isn't. I mean, metaphorically, she is. Somebody was <laughs> tweeting at us, uh over the last week asking us a question and they, the question they asked i'm just paraphrasing i don't have it open yet but uh they, the question they asked was like hey like if the silver millennium was like a thousand years ago does that mean i can't remember the exact details but it was asking if they if they if we thought Sailor Moon interacted in some way with the story of jesus and all of a sudden i realized wait but that was not that was more than a thousand years ago <laughs> yeah that was, that was i would say I, I bet i could put a, a good number on it i would say like 2019 years ago <laughs> It means that the Silver Millennium falling maybe happened around the time of the fall of the Roman Empire. Right. That's the that's the part that I that I was so baffled by because I was I was actually sitting there going, wait, I wasn't bringing that up to make fun of this person for not remembering where Jesus was born. I was sitting there going, I don't think about Sailor Moon as happening a thousand years ago. I think of it as happening like I don't know a thousand millennia ago or something. Like it was. Is the Silver Millennium code for the Roman Empire? Well, the the Roman well, Beca- well because he's Prince Endymion, and that's from Greek and Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of Greek Roman Roman that, by virtue of them being named after the planets, there are a few Greek and Roman anth- uh, mythology like references. They do mix and match, but yes. So maybe the Silver Millennium is the Roman Empire. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, well, the the Eastern roman empire lasted until about 1500 the western roman empire lasted until about 500 a.d or well then how about the sailor the silver millennium and the scouts in them are the are scouts in them scouts that's in them. the next season sailor <laughs> scouts in them that they were like the the gods that the greek and romans like worship like you know what i mean so the moon is olympus kind of situation i mean maybe so Maybe 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 someone was like, yeah, it's a it's it's the moon, and so it was like Moonton? It's Moonton. <laughs> it's Olympus is a Moonton. I got it. They're like they're like, how is that round thing up there so high? And it's like I don't know. It's like it's like some mountain or something. Or, how is that uh-huh. round thing up there so high? <laughs> these these are the questions we seek to answer here on Sailor Business. Well, no, that's the questions that dumb people ask in the past. We are sophisticated. We know. Our- we know are why we? round things are so high. We know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any other Sailor Moon news? Uh, last time we talked about the Sailor Moon theme park attraction. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I have some news on that front, but I am going to save it for when we hit the act break. So oh, that's a okay. tease for everybody. That's that's mwah, profesh. Now you're really going to want to keep listening to the whole episode, everybody. Yeah. If you have not already turned it off because it's been like 20 <laughs> minutes and we haven't gotten around to talking about the show yet it's not 20 
You want to talk about the show? Is that what you're hinting at? Well, do you have any do you have any uh, Sailor Moon updates, Jordan? I mean, no. Did I talk about? I think I I tweeted about, but I don't think I talked about. It. I I was given a uh, a random Sailor Moon figure uh, by a friend of mine who uh, at work who just was like, "Oh, I found this in my stuff. Like, here you want it?" And I was like, "Oh, that's nice." It was it's a little Sailor Moon. You know those little cheapy figures they have, but it's in Italian, and we actually realized that someone else in the office had the real figure and we looked at it and we were like, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that the one that he gave me was like somebody bought the Japanese toy and like made a mold of it and then like bootlegged it. That's interesting. And it's in Italian. So they are. All right. Well, with that, I think it's time that we head on into (laughs) the episode. Okay. That shit's a banger. Uh, we are watching this week episode 171 of Sailor Stars, which is called, as I previously stated, For Love, Endless Battle in the Dark World. It was written by Ryuta Yamaguchi. The uh, director was Hiroki Shibata. The animation director was Takeyuki Gorai. And it originally aired on April 27th, 1996. It's almost May Day. <laughs> Seize the means of production, my friends. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. I mean, that's fair. But that... Now, that's the, the name of the episode as it aired in Japan. But if it were brought to these glistening shores <laughs> by the captains of industry that were uh, importing anime in the 90s, what do you think they would have named it? This is a little game we play where we come up with the Deke or Cloverway title for each episode. Uh, Kel, do you have a... A Deke or Cloverway title? An American dub title for this episode? A bad title? Troubled Reflections. Ooh, that's a good one. Nice. I, I gave it about 10 seconds of thought just now, and I decided to call it Deadly Dreams. That's not bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not... You've done worse. Oh, I've done way worse. <laughs> You've done significantly worse. So... What was my last one? Like... Your last one, like, you gave up halfway through. You were like, Sailor Moon and some bullshit. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty good. Anyway, what's yours, Chris? Uh, Mine is Flower Power. Now, uh, all right, yeah, that's fair. Because it vaguely references something that happens in the episode, but it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 pretty good. That's the trick. That was also the trick I was going for. Yeah, no, Kel, you nailed it. Crushed it. Thank you. That's it's almost like I write for a living. Yeah. See, see, hmm, hmm. Two oh. people who write for a living out here crushing it. Editor over here. That's I'm not a writer anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of practice. It's been a while. All right. So we we opened pretty much exactly where we left off last episode. Like down to having the same footage of uh yeah, literally where we Mars left off. <laughs> doing their amazing like high stepping running through the woods. And then they get surrounded by fire. It's really good. I like the way Neptune's drawn. Like she's this is one of those round face episodes. Well, I think last episode was one of those round face episodes. This is a different guy, right? But their faces are still kind of chubby. No, they, like they definitely do. They don't have like the the big the big soft heads. But they definitely <laughs> have like I noticed the faces being pretty distinctive in this episode. The thing that stuck out to me most animation-wise was I felt like everybody's legs were longer than usual. Everybody looked, like, super leggy in this one. There's a lot of leg in this episode. (laughs) 
a lot of leg by volume in this episode of Sailor Moon, for sure. Like, especially because this episode indulges, and I mean that in the strictest sense of the word, uh, in a lot of low angle shots. Oh, yeah. If you if you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's in my notes as well. So yeah. this uh, this episode. So it starts again. It's Neptune and Mars are surrounded by fire in a forest. Mars's skirt starts getting singed, and she starts freaking out, at which point I'm like, how is she not immune to fire? Like, that's isn't that her whole deal? But it turns out it was a... It was an illusion. <laughs> Illusions, Ray. <laughs> God. Let me just start by saying, this is the first of many what-the-fuck-is-going-on-here moments in this episode, in that Basically, I think what happened when they were like writing this episode is somebody was like, all right, I'm going to write the next episode. What's this? What's the deal? And somebody said to them, they're like in a dream. And you were like, got it. Nothing has to make any fucking sense whatsoever, even from scene to scene. I know how to do this. They're in a dream where she controls everything that they see around them at all times. And then there's still an illusion. Yeah, but they're they're in a dream. <laughs> But they're not in a dream, right? But they kind like, of they are. actually went somewhere. But they went to a place of dreams. Yeah, no, they are actually in a physical location, and then there are illusions on top of it. Okay, are you sure about that? Because I thought they are in the place inside of mirrors where she lives. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I am... yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> and like it's tough again, to figure out. Yeah, because is are are these things illusions, and to what extent are they illusions, and how potentially deadly are they? Like, there's a there's a the the rules of this reality don't uh, don't exist. They, we have we don't know them. We don't know them. They don't explain them. It's just they're in danger. Go. Yeah. Um. It, so here's my question though. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. If they're in a dream. That's fine. If they're in a physical location, then, like, Usagi's gonna lose a toe. Yeah. Like, Usagi's gonna have some real foot problems. Unless all that's the illusion. She's actually walking yeah, on a warm ground, and she just thinks it's cold. See, no, see, I think she really is in a cold place, because the idea is that the illusion that she sees later in the episode is going to make her stop in the cold place and maybe not take care of herself. Well, I don't want to get ahead of us ourselves, but I thought that too, except that when she breaks the illusion, it's not the cold she sees. It's a weird blackness that she sees. I, that, that's why I honestly, my, my take on the whole episode is that we are inside of Freddie land. Nehalenia Freddie is just making them, be wherever she wants them to be because she controls every aspect of the place where they are. And so she can make it cold, she can make it hot, she can make them high up in the air, she can make them on the ground, she can do anything. I have a a thought, and I don't remember if I said this last time or not, I might have, but this is structured like a like an old Justice League comic. Oh, I don't think you did. Because uh, it's, it's, you know, we're all going to split up into teams of two. Like, that's the classic... Gardner Fox Justice League. Sure, setup, sure. Right? So this is like a 100-page giant, or an 80-page giant, yeah. and, and these are all chapters? Yeah, it's a team-up between the, the Justice League, the Sailor Scouts, and the Justice Society, the Outer Senshi. I mean, a.k.a. the X-Men and X-Force, but okay. But they don't, they don't split into teams of two. Maybe they should. 
maybe they should. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it's a very classic sort of superhero story setup. Oh yeah. In terms of like we're gonna see all of these characters interacting that we don't necessarily see all the time, which I do like. And I think I mentioned that last time. Like I do like that we're getting a little bit of slightly different pairings than what we usually see. Oh yeah. It's fun. And they're also kind of not the pairings you would expect. Like you'd expect um like Jupiter and Uranus last episode to be the ones that are put together right. and like Mercury and Neptune to be put together and Nobody makes sense with with the... No, it's they put Venus and Pluto together cuz they're the boring ones. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this interaction between uh, Neptune and Mars is pretty cute um, because... Oh, it's really good. Like, I laughed so hard that Aiden came in from another room and asked me what I was laughing at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this interaction. Because it, it, uh, it completely disarms Mars. Like, Mars, who is usually so... I don't, I don't know. I, what's the nice way to say it? She's usually the one that has, like, the... She's got the cool facade, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens is... Uranus does something cool, or, or sorry, Neptune. Neptune does something cool, uh, having to do with her psychic powers. And she's yeah, she's all like, "My mystical powers let me know this is an illusion. Uh, you can't <laughs> fool us." And then Mars is like, "Yes, I also was not fooled, definitely." <laughs> and she's like, "She's like, wow, her her uh, my visions can't hold a candle to hers. Like it must be because she has more experience." And then Neptune goes. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been doing this longer than you have, and Ray goes, "Oh my God, you can read minds too!" And Neptune she's like, goes, "You said that all out loud." Yeah, you you were actually speaking very loudly, <laughs> which that is a very choice gag. I loved it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very good. Oh, uh, good, good stuff. It was pretty funny, and again, yeah. it's very unusual to see Mars so uh tripped up like that she's usually the one judging yusaki for that i want you to know the subtitles on mars laughing when she's like yes i was also not fooled the subtitle says fake overconfident laughter nice (laughs) yep that's it nailed it the thing about we you know we were talking about their uh the the designs of the characters in this episode and i realize this is anime but you need to understand that i mean this like in like by anime standards Ray's eyes are huge. <laughs> they're they're enormous, right? They are in bigger than usual. Like just when, in general, when she's talking to Neptune. Yeah, I I don't know if that continues through the episode, but they're they're like most of her face. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because because she's uh you know what what is it your 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 pupils dilate when you're uh, excited by someone, and everyone's excited by Michiru and Haruka. So this becomes so then we get to the big dilemma of the episode, which is well, not the episode of the scene, which is uh, Nehalenia, who we all have established last episode is actually fake Nehalenia, but let's just call her Nehalenia for now. Nehalenia right. grabs. It is, it is very difficult to figure out like how much involvement the real Nehalenia has in her surrogate monsters. Yeah, it's very hard to tell. Yeah. But uh, but Nehalenia grabs uh, Neptune by the. Well, I want to say she grabs her by the hair. I meant she uses her hair to grab Neptune by her limbs and pulls her to her and holds her up as a human shield. So Mars tries Nehalenia to do... uses Nehalenia's hair to grab Neptune. By the, the 
body parts by the limbs. By the body parts. <laughs> by by the, all her limbs. Yeah, all of her limbs at once. And so Mars is trying to do, uh, what is it called? Mars Fire Sniper? Flame no. Sniper. Flame yeah. Sniper, yeah. Except she can't do it. And and it's fun because, again, we're usually, we get the, the quick animation and it's always the same every time. But it stops and she just sits there holding a flame arrow for like 50 years going like, I want to shoot, but I, I'm afraid I'll hit her. Uh, by the way, speaking of Michiru getting tied up by Nahonia's hair, this okay. episode's got something for everybody. And by everybody, I mean all varieties of internet creep. Mm-hmm. Anime, like anime fan creeps. Because we get some foot stuff. We get some some tying up. We get we get all your all your classic faves. Uh, I didn't even notice some of those. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's a it's a. I mean, again, in this scene, like you're 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 not Thanks wrong for throwing about me the, the bus just now, Jordan. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't even notice. No, I, I noticed the, all, I, I'll all be these close-up foot shots. I I don't notice that. Like it is a thing. People like I was surprised when people told me there were a lot of feet in Quentin Tarantino movies, and I know that makes me sound like a dipshit, but like I literally it never really noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, does he? But 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 you oh, are right, my lord. But you are right. Like even in just this one scene we've been in so far, the number of upskirt shots that there have been is so high this is a horny episode it's, so it's a real fetishy episode it's horny on me who's the who's the who's that who's that uh, animation director again uh this would be takayuki garai who also did only did three episodes okay all right time for the crystal to shine beautiful power of dreams uh and then this one and then episode 175 go for an idol minako's ambition uh that first one was episode 165 which does not have like a good summary on mm. on here on uh wiki moon but it, it involves uh usagi using the golden crystal if you're okay sure <laughs> i'll take your word for it um i don't remember that being an especially pervy episode but there you are well mark mark this one down mark this one down for all the wait all the isn't that isn't that the episode where Pegasus was tied up? I mean, I think it was. He was tied up for a lot of episodes, I think. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. I thought there was a really like let's see focused scene on him tied up. But oh, you know anyway, what? like that, that that might be the connecting tie up thread. Let me look at my <laughs> let me look at my my notes for that episode. Recap: Cursed. How did they get out? You would never understand how long. So many circumstances. Most powerful and beautiful. Check our wiki. <laughs> Check our wiki. I remember that. That was the one where they were like, they were like, do we have that power? The the, the Amazon Quartet. Are we able to do that? I mean, I forgot that they're in it. So obviously it's a little pervy. Uh, so, so far we've got, we've got getting tied up and then we get some real close up foot shots of Usagi next. Uh, Jake, if you want to just put a ding every time we hit a fetish. <laughs> because <laughs> now we've got like we cut from there to usagi walking through the snow and then we see nahelenia and uh hypnotized memory ding is that uh, is that down here what like like hypnosis like mind control stuff oh, okay yeah that is obviously yeah, no, like, it. you edit x-men comics okay all right <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 take a 20 minute uh tangent to talk about jason wingard so neptune is going hey mars remember how we talked about how we have one mission and it's protect sailor moon and that's it and not shooting each other with arrows is not part of that mission 
Yeah, it's uh, our lives are inconsequential. The mission is all that matters. Also, uh, Mars, your attack is called Fire Sniper. Yeah. Like, you think that would imply some like magic aim? It's not gonna like, it's not like fireball and D and D and it's gonna kill everyone in the general vicinity. Yeah. Sniper is the key word of that attack. You should do a, a nice tight headshot. It'll be fine. <laughs> and actually, it raised the question to me of. What would it do to Neptune? Because again, well, spoiler, it's going to fucking kill the monster in a second. But typically, the scouts' attacks are shown as not being very deadly. <laughs> typically, the scouts' attacks are like, make somebody go like, ah, or distract them for a second so Sailor Moon can kill them. So I was kind of like, would this hurt her? Would it even kill her? Like, what would happen? So at any rate, she's going to shoot. Anyway, and uh, yeah, Neptune convinces her, just do it, get it over with. But guess what? She doesn't hit Neptune. Her aim is true. She kills fake Nehalenia, which I don't understand how that works, because, again, not only have the scouts' attacks in general not been potent, but specifically against these monsters, they literally never have worked before. Yeah. They always reform every single time. The whole thing's sort of weird. That's the show. That's the entire show. The whole thing's sort of weird. Well, so it's especially since, like, right afterwards they get, like, captured and, yeah. like, shouldn't, like, I don't know, maybe if, like, if Mars hit her and she, like, exploded or something, that captured them. But, yeah, it just seems like the monster dies and then they just fall down. They fall down. It's It's not even like it was a brutal fight where you're like, oh, I can understand why they fell down. They were barely hanging on. Like, it was like, no. When when Neptune fell down first... They're just like, like I guess we gotta fall down now. Yeah. It's another one of those, if you could do that to them, why did you bother with all this other nonsense? Like, if you couldn't just make them fall over and be captured, why are you playing games with them? And I don't know the answer. Oh, there's Usagi's feet. I see. <laughs> they look painful. Yeah. She's walking in the snow barefoot. Also, again, her eyes are the size of fucking footballs. Her head shape doesn't look right here. It's definitely, it It doesn't l quite look like Sailor Moon. Yeah. Like, it looks like a different show in a lot of ways. Like, especially if you really start looking at how big her eyes are. <laughs> it feels very rounder in general. Yeah. Uh, so Usagi finds that she is now in a field of flowers. Poppies. <laughs> poppies will make them sleep. Yes. Yes. Poppies. You know what? I think I uh, having now watched this a couple times and our discussion, I think I'm I'm doubly convinced now. The snow, I don't think the snow's real. I think the snow was just her first attempt to go. Because like, if you remember last episode, for no fucking reason, Nehalenia like set a, a goal and was like, if you can make it here, then then you win. And it was like, what? Why are you saying that? So that I think the snow was just the first attempt at going, okay, you can come, but you're going to have to walk barefoot through snow. And then she was still doing it. So Nehalenia was like, all right, I got to try a different thing. What if flowers yeah. talk to you? I was really trying to figure out how much of it was meant to be like metaphorical, because there's kind of a lot of like devotion metaphors going on with what Usagi does in this episode. Cause right hmm. now she's walking through snow barefoot. Yeah. 
Uh, and later on, she'll literally be like crawling through a thorn bush that's like a mile yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think the snow is mostly. I think the snow is mostly the writers are like, "Hey, it's like the Snow Queen." Um, <laughs> yeah. So we should put some snow in there, and that was all the thought that went into it. Yeah, I, the, uh, Chris, I, I think Chris doesn't know the Snow Queen story. I, that was what I said when they got everybody got glass in their eyes. I was like, "Snow Queen." Yeah. Y'all talking about Frozen? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, remember the scene in Frozen where everybody got glass in their eyes? I remember the scene in Frozen where I wanted to shove glass in my eyes. Oh, slam. Not a fan of the film. I am also not a fan of Frozen. I I think it is mostly the Snow Queen imagery is why there's... uh, Snow. All the snow and it being cold. Hey, speaking of uh, stealing things from uh, famous movies, then we get to the Temple of Doom scene. Then we get more feet. (laughs) so in this uh in this uh random pairing this time uh it's pluto and venus which the boring ones i mean again i've come to really like venus oh there, yeah there's no another... i like venus <laughs> once they realize she's the horny right. one but she's definitely like the she's definitely the one that they took the longest to figure oh, out yeah. and they still haven't really figured out what they want to do with pluto so I feel like what we wanted was for Pluto and Venus to get to the bridge, this rope bridge over this chasm, and these uh, this gang of like mirror ladies, like the ones we've seen before, to show up, and for Venus to just go, "Are they naked?" <laughs> because they're naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venus, uh, Venus would have recognized all the fetish imagery in this episode. <laughs> That's accurate. Sure, are a lot of feet around here. <laughs> So um again I, I I don't I don't know Pluto I don't get Pluto I don't know I mean again you you you're calling Venus the horny one I don't even know what the the blank in the blank one would be for well, Pluto I think she's supposed to be the stoic one but the stoic one always comes off as the boring one is the problem Unless I mean there must be examples I mean isn't Wolverine the stoic one but he's also the murder one. No, no. Wolverine literally goes into berserker rages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Wolverine is the murder one. Uh, well, I meant Cyclops is the stoic one. Ah, uh, he's the leader. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So at any rate, I think that's what it is. Is these are the two that are sort of the leader because it doesn't really. They don't really go into it in the show, but in the manga, Venus is supposed to be the leader of the scouts. Right, and that comes up in this episode a little bit. Right, and, right. Yeah, and um, and Pluto is sort of the most experienced scout, which makes her kind of the leader of the Outer Scouts. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I just saw another such egregious panty shot. <laughs> like, it's so, they're so blatant. Dang. They're so blatant. It was looking up through the broken slats of the bridge, right up Venus's dress. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not even the most <laughs> no, like, there's, egregious or lingering. Oh, there's one a much worse one. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, sorry about laughing in the middle of that. I mean, you say Pluto's supposed to be the most experienced, but also we we had like a twenty minute conversation on the show trying to figure out how old she was. A thousand years. And whether this is, yeah, like is this the same Pluto who is yes. guarding the time door? Yes. Yes so confusing she died she died a thousand years in the future so this is the pluto that 
um, is not dead yet. Wait, so, but hold on. <laughs> but here's, so here's another question about that, though. When she died a thousand years in the future, was she a thousand years old or was she 2000 years old? Because is she reborn from the Silver Millennium or is she just the same girl from the Silver Millennium? Here's the thing is she is a time traveler. She is all ages and existed all at once. Like, so she can be, she can literally be any age, but this is the same Sailor Pluto. So it's so confusing. It's a great show. Um, I love it. It's fine. So in, in that respect, <laughs> the show is great. This, this is weird. So Pluto's just like, all right, Venus, you cross this rickety rope bridge. I'll stand here and fight the bad guys by hand. Uh, and when you get to the other side, cut the bridge down, abandoning me, but saving yourself. And Venus because, is like, because you're the leader and you have to make these decisions. Of listening to me when I tell you to do it. Of listening to me. <laughs> you're the leader, so do exactly what I said when I say it. Do not ask questions. I kind of wish when they added Venus that they maybe made her the more cutthroat one, like because she's been doing it the longest out of the Erner Scouts. But uh, well, she sort of was at first. I mean, again, she was the boring one at first, partially because she was all business. But the thing is, is like we never really got to see her do anything. Like we don't get any no. scenes like this that show. Like her making these types of decisions. So no, that's true. And being, I mean, well, honestly, yeah, like being an X Force person. Like, I mean, again, that's the stuff that as soon as the outers came in, they were like, sometimes people got to die. Yeah. But I, but I don't know that you could have a sometimes people got to die person in the inner century. Like, I feel like. Well, it's it's less that it's more like. Because she's more experienced, maybe like she had more of a battle strategy. Maybe she had less of a social life. Slightly complicated by codename Sailor V. Yes. <laughs> As well. Yes. So uh, Pluto, who uh, someone once told me Pluto has a uh, badass attack. Is that true? She does. Just death scream. Yeah, That's in like all the episodes so far. Yeah, except that when uh, sixty-five uh, bad guys come running at her, she goes, "I'll just use this key to spin at them to whack people." <laughs> Which again, I like. They all have yeah. stuff they can hit people with, but she's the only one who bothers to carry hers around and hit people with it. It's it's not effective. <laughs> it's it's as effective <laughs> as it needs to be. Okay. I feel like Death Scream might accidentally cut the bridge, and that's why she's not using it. Oh, uh, well, she wants Venus to get across first. All right, I guess let's let's pretend that's it, Chris. I will point out they're very concerned about this bridge falling. You know why? Why? Because they can't fly. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe in Dream World, because in the show they can. <laughs> no, they can't. Yes, Jordan, I have footage. Only when Sailor Moon is Eternal Sailor Moon or when they're doing Sailor Teleport, which somehow means flying, even though it uses the word teleport right in it. the last episode of the show. All together holding hands. And as soon as they, they, they lost hands. They were all together. Usagi yeah. wasn't there. They had a, a quorum. <laughs> they had a, a an Usagi. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Acqu yeah, according to you guys' theory uh, from earlier in, in Sailor Business... They had Sailor Moon for all effects and purposes because Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon are basically the same Shazam style force. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go then. 
Besides, you only need five Sailor Scouts. Her to name do is teleport. Little Sailor Moon. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But you only need five Sailor Scouts to do Sailor Teleport. But there were more than five. I know. But you only so you need, need five. at least five. That, you, you need a quorum. You need a quorum of Sailor Scouts to teleport. Okay. All right. Sure. Why and, not? and and again, teleport means fly for some flying. reason. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so they're worried the bridge could fall. And again, while we're talking about things that don't make any sense about the bridge falling, considering that Nehalenia just made the bridge appear out of nowhere when they were in uh, ruins of a Greek city before that, um, she could just make the bridge disappear and they would fall to their deaths. But whatever. Yeah. What are the rules? <laughs> exactly. There are exactly. none. There are none. <laughs> it's a weird show. I like it. It's, this is a fun episode. It's a silly episode, but it's fun. It is a silly episode. Um, so that all that's going on meanwhile usagi looks down at these flowers and guess what that's right they have faces and can talk <laughs> they look a lot like the alice in wonderland flowers yes, absolutely that is the first thing i thought of absolutely. yeah there's a lot of alice in wonderland happening here and basically they just keep asking her what she's up to <laughs> until she forgets hey what's going on you want to hang out with some flowers <laughs> Then the flowers they're get cute. all scared. They're cute flowers. They're cute flowers. In fact, I'm going to take a screenshot for the for the episode uh, screen. Yeah, so uh, they start asking her. She's like, hey, I would love to hang out with you guys. <laughs> Which is a wild thing to well, say. You know what? They're it's using like, hey. Usagi's strength against her. She's making friends. Right. Using her friendship powers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's like, look, I would love to hang out. But uh, Memoru is under Nehalenia's curse, and so I gotta go deal with that whole situation. And they're like, oh, well, well who's, who's Memo? <laughs> and then she's like, who is Memo? I don't know. <laughs> and Usagi gets, uh, also gets mind control, ding, uh, and just kind of sits there with uh, a glassy-eyed expression on her face. Uh for the rest of the episode pretty much almost yeah 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 most of the episode oh poor yusagi yeah flowers cannot be trusted agreed i don't trust them is that the uh is that the act break uh is it i know the act break happens around here yeah i guess the act break does happen when uh we get a bunch of weird spiraling upside down shots of usagi uh trying to remember who memory was yeah then yeah that leads us into our Act break. Hey, Jordan. Yeah. You doing all right? I'm great. Really? Why not? I mean, okay. I'm having fun doing this episode with you. I don't want you to not be great. I'm just, you know. Oh. I'm I'm happy for you. No, like, I'm having fun doing this. It's fun. Okay, good. I, listen, listen, guys. I just want you to know, I do love Sailor Moon. I am picking at it, but it's because I, I love it. I want it to be better. <laughs> this is perfectly acceptable, Sailor Moon. Is it great? No, but it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> and speaking of things that are perfectly acceptable, mm-hmm. our show, show yes, <laughs> is reasonably acceptable. If you agree, here's what you should do. Go to patreon.com slash sailor business and show how reasonable you think this show is by becoming a patron and giving as little as a dollar a month and as much as $60,000 a month. We appreciate 
every bit of help down to the single solitary dollars because it makes it possible for us to do this show and have this fun with you guys. Yeah. And honestly, like, like $1 pledges tend to be the, the most consistent. That's a real set it and forget it thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so thank you to everyone out there. Yeah. We have some wonderful new patrons to thank. Uh, we have Nate. Thank you so much, Nate. We have Laura. Laura, we appreciate your help. Guy incognito. Guy incognito. Thank you for your help, even if you are incognito while doing it. Uh, Joseph is a new backer at the uh, enamel pin level. <gasps> Thank you, Joseph. I hope you enjoy the pin you get. Uh, Esteban is a new backer. Thank you, Esteban. And uh, Leslie. Leslie. Thank you so very much. Yeah, Thank you to all of our patrons, new and existing, uh, for helping to support the show. Jordan, I got some emails. <gasps> let's talk about them. I have some very fun emails to talk about. Uh, let's see here. Would you like the question or the update first? Let's let's go to an update first. Okay. Old business first before new business. Uh, this is an email from Megan uh, who says, I'm a huge fan of the podcast since back in season one days and decided to finally write in after hearing you talk about the Sailor Moon 4D ride at Universal Studios in Osaka. Oh, my. As it turns out, I was in Japan when the first version of the ride was running last summer. It was an awesome experience, and since there isn't really any footage of the ride, uh, filming was, of course, prohibited. I wanted to share my experience a bit. Oh, I can't wait. The plot was basically what Jordan described in the episode, where an in-universe movie is premiering about the Sailor Senshi, and the girls show up at the theater thinking it's a Dark Kingdom plot. Smart. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Uh, to the surprise of nobody, the usher turns out to be a Yoma, and she blows the, out the back of the theater before dragging the audience into space to steal our energy. The girls transform, and there's a pretty epic fight scene. It's basically exactly what you'd expect from a Sailor Moon-themed 4D show. Mercury casts uh, Chevron spray, and the ah. audience gets splashed with water. Venus casts Love Me Chain, and you feel oh. the air move around as it swings by, etc. Yes, fucking rad. Uh, the best part, though, is near the end of the show, after they've defeated the Yoma, when Sailor Moon just straight up drops the cutie moon rod, and it goes flying off into space. What? At which point, Tuxedo Mask shows up and says, no, don't worry, Sailor Moon, I've got an even better weapon. He then takes out the official Universal Studios branded cutie moon rod. Oh my god. This is literally just a light-up replica of the cutie moon rod that has the Universal Globe in place with the sphere at the top. The wand also swings into full center view of the camera with a dramatic swell of music just for added by me now effect. As the theater starts falling back down to earth, Sailor Moon tells the audience members who have the universal moon rod to light it up and lend her their power. Cue several small children and several more 30-year-old grown women excitedly waving around their $30 plastic wands. This apparently gives Sailor Moon enough power to land the theater safely, and that's the end of the ride. Uh, all in all, this was a really cool experience, and by far a highlight of my trip to Japan, I attached a few pictures, including some of the Sailor Moon-themed cafe, and a photo of the Universal Moon Rod. And yes, it is, it is the, it is the, it's, it's the cutie moon rod, but with the Universal Globe on it. Let me see, let me see! Alright, I will, I will forward you, uh, this email real quick. Pretty, pretty good stuff here. I would- uh, That sounds so cool. Yeah, I would love that. Have you ever been on any of the like the like Disney World's 4D ride experiences or whatever they're called? I haven't been on anything that would like splash me with water. Oh, those are like super fun. Like they have my favorite one is the one called Philhar Magic, which is like it's supposed to be a symphony you're going to, but then 
Donald Duck comes and screws it up and then they get sucked into movies and it's super fun. There's a, there's a, uh, Bugs Life one. There's a few of them and they're really fun. Yeah. I went on, I was on the Bugs Life one, um, as a teenager and like it misset you during one part. And then there's like, I think like ants walk by and you, there's little bumps in your seat. So it feels yep. like they're underneath you. Yeah. Yep. No, and I have st- done like bugs. the Spider-Man ride at Universal. Is that kind of the same thing? Well, I mean, it, the Spider-Man ride like goes around like these, these are all things where you're just in a theater. Okay. Yeah, so it's you're, more like you're the, sitting, and it's like your chair. Things happen to your seat. Okay, so it's more like the like the Back to the Future ride. No, I well, I've just never on that, but I imagine that. I'm no, uh, it's a, so that's more like Star Tours, right? Like you're, it's pretending it's moving. Yeah, the Back to the Future ride and Star Tours are, um, I think, called a dark room ride, and um, the chairs like move and stuff. These are literally your chairs are just sitting and effects happen to you. So you oh, are okay. watching a show. Oh, like, you know what? The old one, the oldest one was Muppet Vision 3D. Did you, that one was around for a long time. So I thought maybe you would have seen no it. Idea. Yeah. It was, it was just, it's the Muppet one that's there. And again, it's the Fozzie Bear squirts water at you with his squirting flower and things point at you. And Yeah. So it's just like you're in like a movie theater, except when Fozzie Bear squirts water at you, those seats in front of you are programmed to squirt water at you and stuff huh. like that. Okay. Yeah. It's really fun. I, I know getting water squirted at you doesn't sound fun, but it is fun. <laughs> I mean, look, get, like getting water squirted at you can be fun in certain contexts. Ding. Right. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, this is our, our next email. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from Cheryl, uh, who says, Hey, Chris. Hey, Jordan. This is Cheryl back with another question, this time a serious one. So I thought I would oh. email you this one instead. I know you've joked around and made fun of the miracle romance a lot on this show, but if you step back and think about it, isn't the romance a tr- kind of a tragedy? Destined moon lovers bring in the question of predestination and how much we really determine our own fate and are our own people separate from the past. The ending of the first season played around with this notion a bit by having a truly happy ending, not be Crystal Tokyo, but all the girls in Memoru going back in time and being able to live as normal human beings, free from the burden of all their past lives. In Sailor Moonar, this is further explored when the cats are reluctant to awaken the girls again, because they view them as being tethered to the past as a tragedy, rather than as something to celebrate. I know you like to rag on them for not even trying to restore Memoru's memory, but perhaps they were trying to do him a favor. Remember, Memoru only got so fucked up in the first place because the car accident he was in triggered his moon memories, and all that got mixed up with his regular memories, leading him into a severe identity crisis. One where he'd somehow end up in these strange small businesses with no recollection of how he got there, except for a burning, pulsating need to be there that he didn't even know I had. Does that not sound terrifying to you? This is a really honest. great description of Mamo. It, it, it recasts him. If you think of him that way, I think people won't, won't dislike him as much. Yeah, I really wish they would have played that up more on the show. But like, but he like, is very weirded out by all of this. But here's the thing. You say that, but you don't really wish that because you don't want to spend more time on him. And, and, and I think that's justifiable. You know, I, like, if they had made him a better character. But that would be sure. Except again, making him a better character is minutes away from being from making Sailor Moon better. And I think the, the emphasis was, no, the important character in this is Sailor Moon. Her her love interest is her love interest. Who cares? Both of those characters were so unchanging for most of that first season that I think we could yeah. have definitely taken an episode or two to explore them further and we wouldn't have lost anything. All right. Uh, continuing the email. 
Uh, to be honest, I would have liked to see more of a deconstruction of this theme of destiny and past lives. I know we're in the last season of the anime and you have yet to see the ending, but truthfully, I always felt that the first season's ending was the best and most emotionally satisfying ending for all its characters. Instead of being bound to never-ending fate, Usagi, Memoru, and the girls are free to live out their own lives and develop their identities as their own people in this life as a reward for conquering the demons of their past. Pretty Guardian plays around with this concept much more as well, and I'm excited for you two to eventually get to it. So what do you guys think? Was Memoru and Usagi's romance less miracle romance and more fridge horror tragedy? <laughs> Would it have been better if the entire series ended like season one did rather than set up Crystal Tokyo? Uh, I'm sure you'd be especially pleased with that, Jordan, seeing as how much of a chibi user hater I know you are. <laughs> uh, do you think the series should have played around with this theme a bit more on the past versus the present and predetermination versus free will? Is the Sailor Moon series actually sad in retrospect when you take the series true ending into account? So I don't know what the true ending is just yet, but I assume it's not like they stop being Sailor Scouts. No, yeah, listen. Oh, the end. Well, I think like they mean by the true ending is they're they um, basically are like, cool. So now we're done fighting for a little bit and it's just a march forward to Crystal Tokyo, basically. I mean, you know, Chris, you, you do know the ending in the sense of, you know, We've talked about what happens to Yusagi in the future. Yeah, she becomes right. Neo Queen Serenity. Yeah, right. She fulfills her destiny. I know. I do know the end end that they're talking about. And yeah, there is kind of a like a message of there's no hope. There's no point fighting destiny. So just go with it. Like, but like, so the thing about the thing about destiny is I. I mean, obviously, I don't believe in magic. You want to spoil it or not? No, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Because, like, there is more to it than just, well, we saw our future, and clearly that's what's going to happen. Like, there's definitely a, like, no, you should not fight destiny. But also, well, I mean, I'm not, I don't 100% remember the, the story you're talking about, so we'll get to that soon enough. But generally speaking, in the show up till now, in regards to what she's talking about in the in the letter... I don't think that they are together only because they are destined to be together in the sense of like, oh, we know we have to be together. So I guess we're together now. Like they are making the choice actively to be together because they love each other. Like, I don't think it was like, oh, now that we know that we are reincarnations, I guess we'll be in love. Like, I think they they felt drawn to one another before that. You know what I mean? Like, it's an active thing. I mean, we did see them as tiny children being like, hey, here's a flower. Right, right. Yeah, and I, like, I thought that was like really cute and sweet. I think it depends on how, how strict you are with the concept of free will, how you view the future laid out as we see it in the show, and how you feel about like all of that stuff coming together. Like, I kind of feel like the future, the future in Sailor Moon... Mm-hmm is more mutable than it seems. Because again, I feel like the Chibiusa that we get back is not the Chibiusa of R. It's a different Chibiusa. I think there's timeline shit going on. Because like no, I don't think that's that. the same Chibiusa. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't I don't think the that the future that happens happens. Because they stop it. I think mm. they stop the future because they're trying to change the crystal points. I think, I mean, if you remember from back then, I think the opposite. I think that the bad guys think they can change the future, but they're wrong. They cannot change the future. Everything is the way it always will be. 
now the the yes last week's episode of sailor moon fucking says that's not true because all of a sudden chibi started fucking flashing and an alarm went off but that was dumb and i would prefer to ignore it <laughs> i mean you say that but yep anyway yep, like I I, like is is memoru doomed to uh a thousand years from now put on a lavender suit and like go send his past self nightmares and tell him to break up with his 14 year old girlfriend is is that but, absolutely gonna happen i don't know like, i mean i, I feel think like yes but i don't think it's doomed because again in the moment he's gonna think it's the right thing to do in the moment he's gonna be like check out this awesome suit i just found i'm gonna wear this and he's gonna think to himself this is the only way to save my marriage like really if you look at the other pieces of clothing that Mamoru has worn. <laughs> Do you think a lavender suit is too far out of his regular oeuvre of clothes? Do you think people's memories mm-hmm. function when they are immortal about like our memories function when like, like right now where I can like kind of remember stuff that happened 10 years ago. And so memory like probably kind of remembers you like, yeah, I remember, I don't know, getting nightmares. Then it all worked out fine. I forget everything that happened in the middle. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I remember it happened and I remember it all worked out. I, and doesn't remember how much stress it put him and Yusagi through. So he's like, so I should probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. Well, so like, so like I've mentioned a few times over the course of this podcast, the, the magical girl radio show I was trying to make at one point and then never got around to finishing. Unfortunately, uh, I wrote a bunch of scripts and then never recorded them. One of the like ongoing themes of it was going to be that instead of destiny, it's all time travel stuff that her future self sent it back to, to make this stuff happen to her. And like one of the recurring things was going to be basically that her future self and the the robot monkey from the future I keep making her do things that are awful and make her really miserable and unhappy. And then her future, but, but the future self is kind of like, yeah, but you're going to suffer in the past and then everything's going to be okay in the end. So yeah, that means you have to suffer. Sorry. <laughs> I Sean McGuire's newest book, middle game kind of taps into that a little bit. I feel like going with the idea of, of destiny and like, doing it from the past to the future is a lot more easy to take and a lot more fun than going in the other direction and being like, yeah. So like we are also like destiny also exists where, where we are inconsequential and only our future selves actually matter. Cause that's the real versions, but you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the double-edged sword that we're, we're talking about here. Right. Well, I mean, we, we don't, we don't, yeah, there's no sailor moon about, the god queen of the universe ruling it justly it's just a story about her when she was very young working up to it yeah i don't know it's interesting to think about but that's okay i mean that's like young young king arthur man he did interesting shit right like you yeah, know. young hercules ryan gosling <laughs> oh god all right sure <laughs> now i'm just picturing a like parks and rec style show that's like this neo crystal tokyo that's a fun show like the dumb bureaucracy problems that pop up in the perfect universe where we have an infinite god queen i love it somebody uh uh make that webcomic or that tiktok video put that on tiktok yeah goodness gracious get a lot of likes on tiktok
I'll never see it, I guess. Yeah, we're all we're all too old for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's get back to the show. Yeah. Are they the sailor stars because they're like the stars of the show? Um. Yes. Oh. Are the sailor stars all of them? I don't know. Good question. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's get back to the show. So uh, Venus is tiptoeing her way across this rickety old bridge, and it's real tense. She's totally gonna fall. Don't worry. Don't worry. She flashes her underwear. Quite a bit. <laughs> and again, not as much as we'll see later. <laughs> nope finally dead scream happens oh by the way and and venus hasn't crossed the bridge yet so <laughs> i don't think it was that but guess what dead scream does nothing the crystal ladies reform it, apparently dead scream is no flame sniper it is like a weird thing where all we get to see for multiple episodes is people's attacks not working right so eventually they uh both venus and pluto are running across the bridge. The bridge collapses. And wait, 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 wait. Yes. I mean, you skipped the important thing, which okay, is okay. just quick. Pluto's getting her ass kicked. Venus refuses to give up on her, goes back, saves her, and then says, come with me. Yeah. Uh, they run across the bridge. The bridge collapses. Yeah. They like all that, like, oh, we got to go carefully across. Fuck that. Like, let's throw that all out. <laughs> and this is the Temple of Doom scene I was I was alluding to earlier. Yeah. So uh You guys have seen Temple of Doom, right? Oh my god. I yes. keep trying to get through this one sentence. Uh yes, I've seen Temple of Doom. Excellent. Go ahead. Unfortunately. <laughs> I mean it is the the worst of the three. The only oh, three Indiana Jones three. movies that exist. <laughs> is that how it is? Okay. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Jordan, you know me. I just do not acknowledge the existence of things that I don't care for. You know, I mean, uh I've got stories I could tell you. Uh Indiana Jones uh continues to fight for what's right after the war but go on are there aliens i hope there's aliens <laughs> yes and you know what there is in keeping with the uh with the ancient aliens uh uh mythology of the united Ugh. states there is uh, of the of the americas i should say but why don't we move on to this bridge you want us to talk about the bridge yeah so they're falling and uh venus uses venus love me chain to uh catch herself and then she's got one hand on that and one hand on uh, Neptune. Again, a lot of low angle shots. Pluto, but go ahead. Oh, Pluto. Who did I say? Uranus? Neptune? Neptune. You said Neptune. Yeah. Sorry. Now you said everybody. <laughs> Moon? Mars? <laughs> yep. Pretty funny. And she's like, hey, we got to work together to get our princess back. And Pluto's like, damn, you're right. Damn. That's, that's me rewriting this episode. They would just say damn a lot. Damn, we're in a tight spot. Then it turns out that Nehalenia has been holding the chain the whole time. <laughs> it just drops him in the fucking pit. Yeah, this is, again, as <laughs> as always. the goofiest part. Yeah, there's, the, the, there's no rules. Anything is anything goes. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's not Nehalenia, even then. <laughs> it's still an, an illusion. It, it's still another weird Nehalenia puppet. <laughs> Uh, so back to uh, Sailor Moon in the Flower Garden, where her this eyes are great. threatening to devour the rest of her face. Well, that's what happens. She's just happily staring at these flowers. That's what happens when flowers excite you. I, I guess it's so. Another fetish. 
<laughs> it's another fetish. Yeah. <laughs> this part is the best part of the episode. Do you agree? Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean what's about to happen? But, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I think that's... all of us are in agreement on this one. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Who wants to do the honors? Uh, Kel, why don't you tell us? Yeah, Kel. Jupiter kicks all the ass. Uh, <laughs> you got to tell the moment, though, the kick ass moment. Uh, because it's like Nehalania is all like, fuck you, Sailor Moon. Yep. I got your man now. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, I'm going to kill you. And she's about to kill Sailor Moon. And then Jupiter just like grapples her and is like, I don't think so, motherfucker. Yeah. And starts flashing her underwear. Yeah. <laughs> all the underwear flashes. And this is the most egregious one. We get a like it it go it does go on like a full on under. Uh, we are between her legs, looking upwards, like situation. It's almost <laughs> forgivable because of how like righteous the rest of this scene is. Because I mean, it's literally like Nehalinia is is about to claw Usagi's head off. Yeah, and and uh, Makoto just like catches her. Like, we see her hand stop because Makoto's behind her, holding her with one hand, like, just flexing on her. It's fucking yeah. rad. Makoto's putting all those that grappling lessons in martial arts to good use. Oh, so cool. It's really so badass. Cool. It's really badass. I definitely was going, wait, where are the other two scouts? But they didn't want me to think that yet, but I was. Yeah. Oh, also, I love I mean, the part where... Where, where Makoto starts charging at Nehalenia, and apparently Nehalenia is a mile away from her. <laughs> she well, see, I like when Makoto throws her, and then Nehalenia remembers she can fly. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do think it's weird that they have a um, brief interlude to the Jupiter Nehalenia fight to be like this is a dream world and she's like is it a dream world and basically trying to do a piss poor job of explaining yeah what type of world they're no, in. it doesn't it doesn't make sense because she again she's talking about it makes it sound like it's a dream world but she's also sitting there going and Sailor Moon is trapped in a dream in my dream world so we're here all dreaming but she's dreaming in dreams uh, okay thanks it's like double dreaming <laughs> she's double dreamed double dreaming see sometimes a, sometimes there's a double queen that shows up and makes you double dream isn't double dreaming a, a nintendo game yeah i think i think it was <laughs> so oh jeez. so then uh then we have a classic moment a classic sailor moon moment where <laughs> the bad guy insults uh sailor moon and the good guys go yeah, yeah, yeah. Sailor Moon sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time somebody like really sticks up for Usagi in the show, I thought that same thing. Every time somebody talks about how much they love Usagi. It's like, uh, maybe don't stick up for me so much. <laughs> yeah, if I was Usagi, I'd be like, you do not have to say that first part. <laughs> like, I understand Sailor Moon is a crybaby and she isn't good at anything and she can barely fight and we have to save her all the time and she, she eats too much. She's her lame. are bad. <laughs> not sure if she's showering as much as she ought to be she's dating somebody too old for her really she makes poor life voice. choices oh yeah absolutely awful but what were we talking about again <laughs> yeah I, I was going somewhere with this hang on <laughs> this oh. sucks I said that <laughs> 
but she's our friend. That's what it was. Yes. But she's our friend. <laughs> yeah, like Usagi over here, like, can I live? Our friend who's terrible at everything. <laughs> and just because she's terrible at everything, and I mean really terrible. <laughs> but don't worry, the show gets revenge on Jupiter by revealing her deep, dark secret. She wears clip-on earrings. <laughs> yeah, they gotta be—they gotta be ready to snap off. If, if those were pierced, that is a vulnerability in a fight. <laughs> that's true. Somebody could grab it and just uh, tear your ear. Like that's terrible. Yeah, I don't think they're clip-ons. Uh, really? As someone with shitty studs, the backs fall off all the time. Ah, it, it seems like it comes off so easily. It's because they're probably cheap. Because she's 14 and lives on her own. They're, they're magical artifacts that came out of a talking cat. <laughs> no, the earrings that she always well, wears. That's true. The earrings carry over through the transformation. Oh, I guess so. I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, so I think it might just be their shitty, like, $10 Claire <laughs> earrings. Like, so... Because she's 14 and lives by herself, so... Yeah, basically, oh yeah, Nehalenia Nehalenia just blasts the shit out of her with electric black energy uh, until she falls over and her earring falls off. I'm I'm watching the earring scene right now, let's see. Oh, I don't... Oh, I don't know. A lot of hot earring debate action. Yeah, guys, uh, tweet at us, at Sailor Business, let us know if that's a clip-on or a proper earring. Hashtag hashtag clip-ons versus hashtag shitty studs. Please tweet <laughs> at Sailor Business. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what? Hey Chris. Yeah. What are Jupiter's earrings shaped as? Uh they're they're shaped like roses. And who else uses roses? Oh, I've got the I've got the sound. I re-uploaded the sound. Do you want me to play? I it? sure do. Okay. Because we actually get a little bit of it in the episode. Um, Just a so smidge. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so oh that's it right yeah so you is that the, is that the right sound so you admit it's batman <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> if, that, if, if metal if that's what i need to say i'm just kidding i actually have the real sound okay let's hear here. it <laughs> hey if you don't think that song rules you're fucking wrong well, that song's great that song is that great it's fucking rad that's that's the new tuxedo mask. Game, I still everybody. I don't quite understand it. The lyrics. Oh no, it, it is incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, um, I literally like yesterday googled what what does it mean to be a rose on the gray. And what was the answer? N- no one knows. <laughs> Seal was like, don't know. Um, all right, well there now there we go. Yes, that is the new sixteen mask. Basically, seeing looking at a tiny little rose on the ground made her think of roses. Which, now that I think about it, is weird because she's literally been staring at flowers for the last twenty minutes. But whatever. Well, there those flowers aren't roses, so that's true. No roses were present. Uh, she remembers someone else who throws roses and goes, "Hey, wait a minute, Mamo." I know, I know, my friend just died for me, but. <laughs> I'm going to think about that guy that throws flowers and doesn't do anything during my fights. Listen, listen, strong female friendships are great, but I would much rather think about this other thing. She literally breaks reality with her mind and her determination. Yeah. So what she sees instead is a very long staircase leading up to a castle. 
the castle that she needs to get to. So she starts running for the staircase. And then another fucking... <laughs> this is another Nehalenia is a dummy moment. Because, again, Nehalenia seems to be able to control anything and everything in their reality. And Nehalenia goes... You know, oh, yeah, Sailor Moon, you're going to come to my castle? Well, I'm going to make sure you don't by making it very unlikely. It will be difficult for you to this, do this so. Is another, this is another thing that's from the Snow yes, Queen. Yes, for sure. For sure. This is like a classic fairy tale thing. But I'm just saying, like, she could literally go, oh, yeah, well, what if there was no staircase? And it would be like, oh, well, now I'm, I'm fucked. I can't get there. <laughs> But instead, she just goes, lots of thorns. But, like, the, the thorns growing is from the Snow Queen. No, no, I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not the um, not the best strategy any villain has ever had. It's a very, it's a very uh, come save Princess Peach if you dare sort of strategy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so, so she goes back to her castle to gloat. And then two young whippersnappers show up. Yeah, and then a bunch of people who, like, and I will admit, this got me, because I had completely forgotten about them. I was like, that's oh. everybody, right? <laughs> nice. We got Jupiter, we got Uranus, we got the others. That's everybody, right? And then we have Saturn being the most ready to kill. Yeah, uh, that's because uh, Sailor Saturn has a gigantic knife. <laughs> and if you give a child a very large knife, they're going to want to stab somebody with it. That's why we don't usually do that. It's a little different in the manga because they sort of put this in the middle of the big final confrontation with her last season. Okay. But when Saturn pulls out her giant glaive and threatens folks uh, in the manga, she says, what is the most badass line in the context of dreams and stuff when fighting a dream villain. Um, and I'm sad that she didn't say it here. Cause I feel like it's appropriate Let's in the it. manga. She says, wake up or else only death awaits. Uh, nice. That's dope as shit. Yeah. I like it. Let's pretend she said that. Yeah. Good pretending. So uh, <laughs> our episode ends with Chibiusa and and Sailor Saturn straight getting ready to do a murder. Yep. And I am I'm down. Saturn is just like I'm here to kill some folks. That's what this this is that's what this scythe is for. I, mean, I honestly yeah. thought about uh uploading forgot about Dre. <laughs> I had already done the work in, in cutting out uh, Kiss for Rose, but I thought, like, man, maybe, yeah, it's, 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 forgot about Hotaru time. What did you think? She sold her glaive? Exactly. You got it, Jordan. You're there. <laughs> you made it. I'm so happy. I actually got one of your references. How about that? You, you did, and I'm proud, and I'm, I'm just very happy. So next, uh, yeah, next episode uh, starts with her dying, and then it'll be over. So there we go. Yeah, the next episode uh, is just Hotaru with a bloody head impaled on her glaive. No, uh, I'm sure that's this is probably going to go on for a bit. Let's find out. Uh, but that's all we have for this time, everyone. Uh, so now it's time for us to talk about what we've learned. I'm actually watching the the next episode preview, and the shit looks badass. <laughs> actually, <laughs> spoilers. Saturn is here to not fuck around. Yeah, remember he gets struck by black lightning and like punches Chibi. It's, it's gonna be a hell of an episode.
You know how Uranus and Neptune, the people who were totes okay with murder, were like, Saturn can't wake up. She's too into destruction and murder. She's too into murder? Yeah. Weren't they going <laughs> Listen, to kill her? an acceptable level of being into murder. Yes. They were going to kill her. They were going to kill Hotaru. Yes. Fun times. Because they were afraid she might blow everyone up. <laughs> I think everybody's got a friend like that. I know I do. <laughs> And it's Jordan D. White. What? Uh, all right, so let's talk about what we've learned from this episode. Yes. Uh, it's time for Sailor Business Says. Uh, this is where we talk about the lessons that we've learned. And, Kel, we will start with you. What did you learn from this episode of Sailor Moon? That um, psychic power, that you shouldn't say what you're thinking out loud. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> uh, Jordan, how about you? What did you learn? I learned that uh, we're very fortunate that uh, all powerful bad people are so fucking dumb that they let good guys have ways to win all the time when they don't need to. Keep it up, yeah. bad guys. Keep it up. How about you? Uh, I learned that uh, when it snows, my eyes become large and the light of the shine can be seen. <laughs> that is about Sailor Moon earlier in this episode. Yes. It, it all wow. fits. You thought I was just doing an audio goof em up, and it all fits. It all fits. Uh, yeah, I think we, we, we pretty much covered everything. I think this is, I still think the whole thing with Nihilinia is fun and like enjoyable and has good moments. A little, little pervy in this particular episode, but not the, not the perviest Sailor Moon I've ever seen. <laughs> like if we're grading on a curve, this one does not take the cake. You're you're just talking about canon stuff though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about I'm talking about our boy Yukihara. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I think the Nihilinia stuff is fun. I think it would be a lot better if we had literally any comprehension of what was happening, which is usually yeah. necessary for a story. But uh, I, and also, listen, I'll be honest. I think it's going on a bit much. Like, I'm really surprised at how how long it's going. I'm not like I'm not against it, but I'm very surprised that we're like this far into this season and like and i would not have picked queen Nihelenia as like the villain that they had to confront directly for the most amount of time sure like we're like four times as long as it took to kill queen barrel at this point well i mean Nihelenia didn't show up for a lot of last season but yeah it's as well and, and then my my main problem with it too is that i mean you know one of my favorite parts of the show is the characters getting to be themselves in fun ways and we're like pretty far removed from all of their lives you know mm -hmm. it's been a lot of like people in weird other dimensions or weird post-apocalyptic tokyo for a while there yeah i forgot the apocalypse happened right That's right weird. like i want to get back to high school <laughs> not not me in my life in sailor moon world <laughs> uh-huh in my uh -huh. life i have no interest in going back to high school kill do you have interest in going back to high school no. Because I have a plan to to deal with high school crimes. And it involves us going uh -huh. undercover. <gasps> oh. No. Sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> you know what? That's the correct answer. Mm. <laughs> Congratulations, Kill. You passed. Uh so yeah. It, fun and interesting stuff. But uh now, Kill, you requested these episodes, I believe, yes? 
Um, yes, but it's for the next episode. Yeah, so I, I was going to ask, was it for this one? Uh, it's for the next episode where Saturn is totes ready to do a murder. Nice. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> I honestly can't wait for it. So let's wrap up now and we'll get to that all the sooner. Kel, before we get out of here, can you tell everyone where they can find you and your work online? Should you uh, wish to be found? Uh, so all of my work is at kelmcdonald.com. That includes comics that I make. Um, I recently have an Eisner nominated comic hey. that is available through Comicsology Originals and is on Amazon Prime called The Stone King. Um, it's free to read if you have Amazon Prime or Comicsology Unlimited. Um, I am currently running a Kickstarter because I want to reprint a anthology I put together called Can I Pet Your Werewolf? <laughs> so a different type of power by the moon. It's cute, goofy werewolf stories that focus on family and friendship and stuff like that. Uh, you should look it up and back it. I'm also on Twitter call as Kelhound, which is spelled like Hellhound, but with a K. Awesome. Oh, and I have a podcast I do with uh, C. Spike Trotman and Amanda Lafrenet called Dirty Old Ladies, which is um, help and advice for indie comic book artists. Nice. Uh, Jordan, what about us? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Sailor Business. You can find me on Twitter at Crackshot, except with an, uh, a zero instead of an O. And you can find our producer, Jake Mason, at JJ underscore Mason. He does a great job on our show, but he also does a slew of other shows. He does? That you should check out. It's very true. Uh, he does so many shows, it's probably a fetish. Ding. There you go. It's not. That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> it was rude. I'm sorry. Um, it was a joke. It was an audio joke, so it counts. Chris, what about you? Uh, you can find me on the very bad website, twitter.com, uh, as at the ISB, if you would like to uh, talk to me directly there. That's usually the only time that I, I use it is when people are directly asking me questions. Uh, otherwise, it's a very bad website that has <laughs> given us a bad world. But everything that I do can be found at the-isb.com. Uh, the B is like Batman and that will have links to comics that I have written, uh, columns that I do other podcasts that I do like, uh, Apocrypha pals or, uh, war rocket Ajax or movie fighters or all the other fun things that I do here and there around the web. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's it for episode 171. We are in the, the final 29. It's the final countdown. What? Oh, you said it's the final countdown, and I said we're in the end game now. It's the end game. <laughs> and I don't know what I'll do if this doesn't work. <laughs> uh, that's it, everybody. We will see you next time for Moon Power of Love, The Nightmare Ends. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Sailor.